Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today, Wednesday, July 12th, marks our 72nd program. My name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists. And I'm your host for today's program, CDI on a Shoestring. I'm joined today by my frequent co-host, Laurie Prescott. You can see her there on the left of your screen. Laurie is the CDI Education Director for us here at Actus. Uh, she's the developer and lead instructor for the Actus Bootcamp line. You can see her prior uh, former CDI management and nursing experience there. Um, she recently authored the Complete CDI Specialist Training Guide and is the author for the just-released Essential Guide to Supporting Quality Care Measures Through Documentation Improvement. And I'm glad to have her back on the show. So welcome, Laurie. Thanks, Brian. All right. Next, I'd like to introduce our two industry guests today. Um, we have with us today Martin Conroy, RHIA. He is the Director of CDI for Temple University Health System in Philadelphia. Uh, Marty has been in healthcare for 20 years, including 10 years as Director of Coding Services for TUHS. He began his role in CDI shortly after ICD-10 was announced. He's taught coding at university and community colleges and is an AHIMA-approved ICD-10 trainer. And he has an extensive background, including professional as well as hospital inpatient and outpatient coding, and I'm very glad to have him on the show today. So uh, welcome, Marty. Um, thank you, Brian. All right. And next, I'd like to introduce uh, Deborah Dallin. Debbie is a BSNRN at CCDS and is the Clinical Documentation Manager for the Einstein Healthcare Network in Philadelphia also. Uh, Debbie oversees the CDI program for three acute care hospitals. She's been an RN for 30 years, been involved in CDI since 2002, previously served as a supervisor of a high-risk perinatal case management program and project management department. Independence Blue Cross in Philadelphia. You might also know her as the co-founder and chair of our Philadelphia South Jersey Actus chapter. I'm pleased to have her on for her first Actus Radio also. So welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great. Really appreciate you guys coming on the show. I'm going to start, as I always do, with a question pertaining to today's poll topic. I know maybe the title of the show was a little bit I had a couple of folks asked me what it was about, but what we're here to talk about um, programs that are operating with perhaps uh, low budgets or minimal tools. And our poll question is, how would you describe your organization's CDI budget, uh, which includes for tools, training, education, et cetera? Would you describe your um, organization's CDI budget as outstanding, meaning pretty much all your needs are met? If you describe it as good, uh, reasonable budget for our tools and training, perhaps you describe it as fair. We have modest support uh, and a few tools. Is it poor, meaning largely on your own, maybe you scrape by with what you can, or not applicable? Not everyone I know is in the acute care setting or working in CDI at the moment. So once again, would you describe your organization's CDI budget as outstanding, good, fair, poor, 
or not applicable to your situation. We've got about 75% of our audience voting, so I'm going to go ahead and I will close this out and we will uh, come back to the results um, later on in the program. Great. So as I mentioned, our guests today are, are Marty and Debbie. Marty and Debbie, welcome to the program. Thanks for being a part of Actus Radio. Um, you know, let's just start with some context for our listeners. Maybe we'll start with you, Marty. Could you, and then we'll go to Debbie. Could you guys briefly describe your CDI programs and as much as you would like to share your, your sort of your present budget limitations for our listeners? Okay, so uh, uh, Temple University Hospital is, is a large urban hospital with the majority of our patients being medical assistants. So we uh, pay by APR DOG. So we, we do have budget constraints. Uh, initially, when we were going live, we were with a CDI program. We did it uh, through the ICD-10 rollout. And we were concerned because we expected to follow that with an EHR rollout. So we started initially just concurrently with concurrent coding program, concurrently coding our charts. But we moved into a more traditional CDI model uh, with ICD-10 because we felt that we needed to be more education-oriented in the hospital. So while we continue to concurrently code our charts, we have uh, three, three, mem three members on site at Temple University Hospital, and then we have one other nurse that covers our community hospital. And their role is mainly educational. They do not code charts. And uh, we have a focus on uh, educating the physicians, but with a, a focus not so much on traditional CCMCC capture as we do as just teaching physicians proper no construction, severity of illness, risk of mortality. Sure. Thanks, Marty. Debbie, how about yourself? Okay. Um, Einstein's program is a little bit more traditional program. We've been in place for 15 years. We started off basically reviewing charts, looking for those CCs, MCCs, maximizing our DRGs. Um, Currently, we've progressed to the point where we really do not, we don't calculate a DRG any longer. Our goal is to have a clean chart. So my staff pick a principal diagnosis, they document the secondary diagnoses, and um, at, when the patient's discharged and the chart's coded, we do reconcile the charts, but we're looking at um, a lot of severative illness, risk of mortality, we do reconciliation on all charts that are coded without a CC and MCC. We, um, we have five, staff, five FTEs on our Philadelphia campus. Uh, we have 600 beds. Our Montgomery campus, we, only, we have two, but it's a small campus. It's 181 beds. We also have a small community hospital with 40 beds. We do not have anyone on site there, but we do do online reviews for all of our orthopedic patients there at the request of the orthopedic department. We also do physician education. My staff, actually today someone is upstairs talking to surgery. Um, we do education on the floors. We go to their meetings. We try to educate our residents, our attendings. We develop our own tip cards to give out to them. Mm -hmm. So um, we, uh, we're very busy with the little bit of staff that we have. We are extremely busy. Uh, we also do um, mortality reviews, 
So um, we also do our own post-discharge queries. If we query concurrently and it's not answered, my staff take care of them post-discharge. And the coders, right. yeah, the coders query on things that we did not see. So, like Marty, um, you're, you're also currently kind of um, maybe not as budgeted as robustly as you'd like to be. Is that right, Debbie? Is that no, right? we're not. Well, we're oh, we are um, we're about uh, we're just down the road from Marty. We are in the inner city. Our campus, um, our patients are pre predominantly uninsured, Medicaid and Medicare, with a very small group of private insurance payers. Um, so yeah, it's it is um, the budgets are tight for our both of gotcha. our facilities. They're very tight. Right. I'm I'm listening to you both and Laura, you're breaking up a little bit there on us. Maybe you could move to I, a place with a better you, cell. Can you hear me better now? That's a little better, yeah. Go ahead. I was saying that, Debbie, um, listening to you, I was glad that you said you were busy because that's what I was thinking um, as I was listening to you talk. And both of you working with those tight budgets, how do you um, prove your value? What kind of metrics are you providing and what kind of tools are you using to produce those metrics? Um, okay, I'll go first. Uh, we do have a tracking tool that we use. Um, basically, the reports that are provided from that tool are, are minimal. It gives us the number of queries we ask, how many charts we review, um, our query response rate, our query type, and the percent of charts that we query. We don't really, we can't really provide any measurable metrics um, from the system that we have. Our my assistant vice president that I report to, she runs reports through finance for SOI and ROM and CCMCC capture rate. And that's what we are currently using, I guess, if, to prove our value. Mm -hmm. Marty? Okay. So so we don't we don't have any CDI software at Temple at this time. And the coding is done by a separate staff. So we really, uh, what we do, what we can track is we do uh, ask queries in our EPIC EHR, which we've been on for less than a year, and we track the number of queries, And but more importantly what we do is we try to track the trends because we have built a lot of templates. So we monitor the number of queries, what we're querying for, and then we use that as a basis for, to approach the departments for educational opportunities. But uh, as far as metrics, we, we have, without any software, we have very few metrics that we can really be measured on. We're really measured on the same metrics as the coding staff. We're in a, although we're not part of the same department, they look at how we're, our CMI and our CCNFC capture rate and our PEPA report rankings. And as long as they stay uh, where they're expected, we are helpful. But we also help with most of my staff, we, we help with the length of stay committees, we go to the patient safety meetings. We, we actually try to uh, establish value by identifying whatever the initiatives are in the organization, attending those meetings and trying to see how we can help. We help more with information than we do with metrics. 
I think here, I find it's the same. Yeah, we participate with quality meetings and sepsis task force and the, those types of things. Well, you, you, you are able Perfect. to get some type of ROI. I have got a couple questions from our listeners about that. Um, you know, how do you show your ROI as well as Deborah without calculating that, that, that DRG? But you're able to get some of that information. You said, Marty, like CCMCC capture through your coding department or? Well, I, I know that's the main metric that they can measure. And, and I'll be honest with you, our ROI to the organization, because the units are, we're concurrently coding every patient, not the CDI staff, it's done by a separate staff. Uh, we okay. produce a daily report with for every patient in the building. We produce a geometric length of stay, a DRG. We tell them if the case has a CC or an MCC. And my team uses that information to go up and, and help target uh, patients to review and, and to uh, – and that information is used by the organization for uh, length of stay management, which is a primary – focus of the organization. And then when there is a question, they reach out to the CDI team to say, well, why is it this DRG? Why is it have to stay this way? And that gives, always gives us the opportunity to approach the physicians and say, well, if you would document this, that, it, it gives us a way to educate. So we, we provide value in probably ways that are hard to measure. Gotcha. You know, um, Maybe you, you guys could talk a little bit about your process and practices for the for the chart review. You know, we're hearing a lot about case prioritization these days. I'm assuming it sounds like you're both operating without things like CAC or NLP or other case prioritizing tools or assistive technologies. Could you talk a little bit about just the, the from the chart review perspective with a limited budget? Um. What we did was we worked with our IT department to develop what we call a trigger report. Our EHR is Cerner. Um, our physicians are not live on their documentation yet. That will happen on the 18th of this month, next week. But in the interim, what we do is we pull specific data elements from Cerner, things like um, malnutrition, pressure ulcers documented by nursing, medications such as IV Lasix, lab values such as uh, elevated creatinines, GFRs and such, and we built a report. My staff then take that report and they use that to prioritize their reviews. So when they're putting together their work list every day, it's what's on the trigger report, then what open queries do we have, and then any patients that perhaps their length of stay is beyond what we would expect. In addition to that, we have um, we work with our CT surgery department, our ortho department, our transplant department, and we review all of their charts. So when we're that when we're looking at our um, work list every day, that's what the staff look at: trigger report, queries, length of stay, and then looking at all the especially uh, specialty patients that we have agreed to review. And then if we are seeing triggers come up repeatedly where the physicians are not providing certain information, that's, we also then take that back to the different specialty groups in the hospital and provide education, transplant, we'll let them know what's missing from their charts, what they can do better, 
what they're doing well, and we've worked with them. We've been very successful with our CT surgery um, group. They have improved their documentation 100%. Their uh, CMI, their SOI, and their RMM have increased tremendously by us working closely with them and providing feedback on their charts. That's great. So, so at Temple, we, we don't have any computer-assisted coding or national natural language processing either. But so we we focus on we when we get our patients that are assigned by units. So when the units come out every day, the the CDI person can review each all the patients. They can see what the DRGs are. They can see the severity, onus, or risk of mortality that's been assigned to the patient. And they can also see, like, they'll be, the counts will be flagged if there's, an, if the principal diagnosis is yet to be determined, or we get feedback from the coders. They actually query, rather than query the doctors, they query the CDI staff, and they leave it to us to either approach the doctors or to write a query. So we, our concurrent coding team actually sends all their queries to the CDI team that they want, and then we review it based on DRG, principal diagnosis, ferritin onus, risk of mortality, and we use that to prioritize our work and to engage the physicians. That's interesting. Hopefully your coders yeah. are leading CDI specialists, because that, that, that would be a first for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool system. Did you have a question to ask about uh, shortcuts tools or yeah um, you know when you guys are, are doing this I know working on a shoestring budget because I've lived there um, how do have you developed any creative use of tools or shortcuts that help you um, work through the systems or what have you what have you done to get by the fact you have little little money or resources to to monitor your program uh, for for Einstein, it, it's a challenge. We don't really use any shortcuts with Cerner. We are looking at potentially utilizing shortcuts in Cerner once our physicians in Philadelphia go live next week. But um, we've really not had the ability. Our, my staff currently, be, they're working in ex, actually four different systems every day, logging and reviewing charts and tracking and such. So. It's been quite a challenge, so we haven't, we've tried to do some shortcuts, they just haven't been successful for us. Well, you're going through a lot of change right now, too. Yes, we are, um, with the physician documentation going live next week, and also we are um, looking at some different software, some software for CDI that will help us work smarter, work better. But. It's, it's a challenge because different systems don't talk to each other. Coders are in one right. system, we're someplace else. The, it, the physician documentation is in another place. So it, it's, it's an interesting balance that we have to maintain. Well, I understand, it, it is a challenge. Go ahead, Marty. Marty, go ahead. All right, so, so we, we, because we don't have any CDI software that I mean, what we do is, I know Debbie mentioned these earlier, we try to make up tip cards for our physicians. We make them 
very specific to their specialty. Like fast or surgery will get a, a specific tip card. Their cardiology will get a specific tip card. And because I have a background in in physician billing, a lot of times we'll include in those tip cards to get the physician to temple little tips that they need for their professional billing. We put the tips on there. Like if we had a card, one on a debridement tip card, we try to reach out to them and say, you know, remember, for your professional billing, make sure you always put your square centimeters and document separate sites. And we try to uh, reach out to the physician just with, uh, you know, simple things that, yeah. that show us that we're in tune to their specialty. And I would say for people who, who really are on a budget, is reach out to your local ACTUS chapters and reach out to uh, and to go to the ACTUS website. And, and I'm a member of AHEMA also. We go to the AHEMA website. I know when I started my CDA program, I reached out to Debbie. She was one of the first people I reached out to because she was the president of the local chapter. And I think what your, your people will find is people are very generous with their time and their knowledge. And uh, I've, I've, I'm so gr very grateful for ACTIS. I mean, I've joined ACTIS and HEMA, my organization, because of our budget doesn't pay for memberships, but I pay for my own memberships mm -hmm. because I feel as a professional it's important for me to get the information and then share it with my team. And I would say, you know, don't, just because your organization doesn't, you know, pay for things. That doesn't mean you shouldn't, as a professional, take advantage of these organizations and all the resources they have available to them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we do our own tip cards that'll specialty based too. But I, I agree. I think that um, I don't get reimbursed for my membership in Actus, but I would never dream of not being a member. I, when this organization first, when Actus first came out, I was so excited, and I immediately joined. It's like I finally have a place to go to get help. I'm, I've been doing this for so long, and I felt like I was doing it on my own. So I, I was just I was excited. I ran down the hall to my boss and said, guess what? We have an organization. This is wonderful. So well, that, that certainly means a lot, Debbie and, and, and Marty. Really appreciate that. And we're happy to help with all we can. That's why we do things like Actus Radio to get the word out and to share some ideas and best practices. We, we did get some questions. Maybe I'll refer to you after the show a few people asking about workflows or any tip cards maybe willing to share but mm -hmm. um, we can maybe if you have anything we can maybe post those to the to the website after the program but at this point we, we do need to move on to our poll I do want to thank you guys for being here to talk about your programs really illuminating and you've done some great work with minimal resources and that's that's to be commended so let's I'll go ahead and I will um, share the results of our poll you should be seeing that on your screen at this time. Again, we asked folks, um, how would you describe your organization's CDI budget for tools, training, education, et cetera? So only 4% only say it was outstanding and all their needs were met. So most of our audience is struggling to some degree or other with, with budget. That's probably not surprising, but 36% said good, reasonable budget. 37% said it was fair. 19% said poor and then 4% non-applicable. So uh, what do you guys think? Marty, do you, do you want to start with this? Anything here surprise you from the poll results? No, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I, I actually thought it would be higher. I find myself always very jealous of other organizations when I go to meetings <laughs> and hear <laughs> that they're getting, you know, to go to conferences and things like that. And uh, 
No, I'm not surprised at all. Yep. How about you, Debbie? Any I'm not actually, when I was putting some things together, I said, this was what I have written down, I'm going to guess that most people will say fair. It was just to talk the because I think budgets are tight, and even if your administrative is supportive, it, it's hard sometimes to come up with the money, depending upon um, you know the type of facility you're at. So to me, this was not a surprise. And Laurie, any any comments there? I'm I'm right with Debbie. I was expecting a good to fair. The, you know, the 19 percent that are saying poor. The only advice I would give them is don't be discouraged and to network with those organizations that are around you um, and learn and there's a lot of um, help out there that people are willing to give you even if you can't get to the conferences or to to, to things to help you so for those 19 percent don't be discouraged yep. all right well, with that, we will move on to um, the next segment of our show, which is uh, In the News. In the News is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. So today I'd like to share with you guys, you should be seeing on your screen, an article from uh, Hospitals and Health Networks, H&HN, which is um, the renal treatment, getting ahead of kidney disease. You can read it here on the website. Again, it's findable through an easy Google search, but I will certainly link to this in the in the show notes after the program that I always post on actus.org. But basically this this was an article about the incidence of, uh, of CKD and sort of the lack of, um, of early identification for this disease. Um, some interesting, it's a, it's a really in-depth article worth reading, it's some great ideas for treatment, how hospitals are improving their detection and reporting and documentation of CKD. Um, so I thought it worth sharing with our audience today, but uh, from that article it reads, diabetes, hypertension, and obesity are the chronic illnesses that grab headlines and the attention of healthcare policymakers, yet CKD, most commonly the result of one or a combination of these three conditions, often flies under the radar. That's despite 26 billion Americans having CKD, nearly comparable to the number two who have diabetes. Number who have diabetes, excuse me. CKD is the ninth leading cause of death in the U.S. Um, interesting, some factoids in here. I'll see if I can scroll down to them. Um, here we go. Uh, less than 10% of people with chronic kidney diseases, kidney disease, excuse me, at stages one through three were aware they had the disease before testing positive. And even at stage four, less than half of patients knew they had the condition. A lot here about patient education about the disease and its management. Um, really, again, this article focuses mainly from a clinical perspective on early detection treatment. Um, it's I, I found it to be a helpful piece from a reputable source. You know, this is HHN, um, which is through the American Hospital Association. A nice piece for maybe sharing with your general practitioners and nephrologists to help them with documentation of CKD stages. You know, especially in the outpatient setting, as we get more into that, um, talk about diabetes, CKD, etc., uh, which is becoming more and more of a focus for CDI. I, th I thought it worth sharing really does seem to imply an epidemic perhaps of under documentation. You know, people get worried in CDI about over documenting, not querying because they think they're going to be a target for a take back or a clinical validation audit. But 
you know, this is uh, article seems to imply that it's much more common than is even reported. And um, there are some, again, if you keep going through the article, much too long to go into depth here, but how a couple hospitals actually are um, improving their identification of CKD. So again, worth, worth checking out. Um, I'll just ask our guests today, any, any comments on this? Maybe Marty to start with about CKD in, in your facility or the article in, in general? Well, I, I think you, you were spot on when you said it's an underdocumented condition in the chart. Uh, I, we still, if we don't have a nephrology consult on a patient, I mean, getting the stage of CKD documented is still an issue. And uh, getting those baseline values documented in the patient records so when they document AKI and the, and the clinical validation of it, it is a, is a continuing uh, issue for, CK, for uh, CDI. So yeah, I, I think it, it, and I think it is an underreported epidemic, especially in our our area of the world up here in North Philly. Absolutely. Yeah. How about you, Debbie? Any any thoughts there? I agree with Marty. It's one of our most common queries. Many times, if there's not a renal consult on the chart when we put the query on, that's when the consult is put in for the patient. And so, and we've done a lot of work with. Um, our nephrologist, but it is, and in our area where, where we live, it is a very common diagnosis for our um, patient population. It's All just right. that they, do, they, they need to be nudged to, to document it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, some, and some helpful tips in this article, so, so check it out. All right, we'll, we'll just briefly hit our ACTUS update. I know we're at the top of the hour here. I just wanted to uh, here with folks, if you haven't been to the Actus Forum lately, uh, please go ahead and check it out and use it. We've got some great threads going on right now um, about in the CDI management category, uh, queries that result in a negative financial impact, um, best practice for counting queries, uh, non-productive time, which I don't get people's hackles up, but how to track things like education and um, you know, sort of one-on-one -on -one position education that's not directly querying or chart reviewing. Some great threads in our very very popular clinical encoding thread to check out as well. Again, I, I found if you really want to get a response to your question and there are some pressing questions in there is just to weigh in on someone else's thread. You know, get get your name out there, be be a helpful person, you're more likely to to get a response there. Um, finally also CDI week is coming up since in September. We have open right now our CDI Week Industry Overview Survey. I'm sharing that here. I'll put the link in the show notes again. Um, so the, C the CDI Week Industry Overview Survey is, is a fairly lengthy 38-question survey, uh, but it's a great report we share with you guys every year. It, it's this overall snapshot of the industry and the hot topics going on in the industry. We have some survey questions and clinical validation um, on, on – um, on salary in there and, and uh, CDI uh, opportunities and so forth. It's a great way uh, to, to get an overview of what your colleagues are doing. Of course, it's always better. The more data we have, the more valid the survey. So there is a link here to take the survey. If you haven't already taken it, uh, we, we really would encourage you to do so. It takes a few minutes, but we do prepare a, a very detailed and lengthy report uh, with some analysis of that report and provide it to you all on CDI week. 
All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's show. Um, we hope you can join us uh, back here again in two weeks for our next program. We're going to be doing a special show um, on an Actus local chapter update with a couple representatives of some of our uh, more successful and popular Actus local chapters to provide some best practices and give you some information on what's going on inside of our chapters. Um, I'm actually going to be out next uh, for this show. I'm taking a I'm taking a well-earned vacation. Laurie, don't don't laugh at that, but I, I will be out uh, during the show. <laughs> my uh, my my colleague Melissa Varnavis will be running that program, but encourage you all to to join in for um, Actus Local Chapter Update in two weeks, and I'll see you back here again in August. But as always, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of this show. Uh, topics like today. Today's topic was was um, you know was mentioned to me in an email. I had someone said, "Hey, I'm a small program struggling. I'm using spreadsheets. Are others in the same boat as me?" Uh, well, they are. So, um, if you have any other topics like that you'd like to bring them to my attention, you can do so by sending me an email at bmurphy@actus.org. That'll do it, and uh, we'll see you back in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Hey, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.